With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone should should want to be up, you know, because uh, we, we still control uh, our destiny. We don't know uh, how other teams are going to play out. Uh, all we can do is control what we can control, and uh, we have to uh, to win, and that's the bottom line. Do you feel like you're fighting and the team is fighting for its head coach right now? Yeah, I'm always fighting for my head coach. You know what I'm saying? Every, every week, I think we all are. Uh, we got a lot of respect for that man. Uh, he holds us to high standards, and uh, we got to hold ourselves to that standard too. Nation, welcome to another edition of Real Bucks Talk Podcast. This is Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez, as always. And Mark, this week we have the Baltimore Ravens, and it looks like it's going to be a tough matchup. What do you think? What do I think? I think the Saints just gave the Ravens an easy blueprint of how to beat us. Like the Cowboys showed how to beat the Saints. Mm Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, let's do that. Well, we didn't do it. Well, let's see if a smarter team like a John Harbaugh coached Ravens team will learn how to beat the the Bucks. Just play press man, slow down these long developing routes, and send in your damn best sack artist. Mm-hmm. Get Jameis on the move. Because that's what we looked like in the second half. So I, I would expect a better coached team to kind of implement that. And, yeah, we have more stuff on this later. But, yeah, I, and then Lamar Jackson – the third-ranked what rusher, right? Third-ranked mm-hmm. quarterback rusher yeah. in the past, and he's been only doing it for the past four games. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Uh, yeah, we contained Cam Newton a little better last game, but Lamar Jackson's way faster than Cam Newton. Let's be honest. And then you were saying this: there are a lot more, even more. Would you say window? Oh, window dressing. Window dressing. Yeah, they had a lot more as far as their. Just offensive package. There's a lot of motions. Like they do, like maybe three or four motions before they even snap the ball. So there's a lot of moving pieces, and they keep it. It's pretty simple plays what they're doing, but uh, a lot of it is just getting guys moving, you know, in the wrong direction. And they do a good job of it. I mean, they pretty much run a uh, triple option where they just have Lamar either hand it off or he's got the pitch play to the outside, or he can just take it himself. And they pretty much did that against the Chiefs, um, you know, pretty much throughout the whole game. And they had pretty good success with it. 
Uh, I think the problem was the Chiefs game. I think they just got into, um, you know, Chiefs made some plays at the end there. It went into overtime, so, you know, they just couldn't, um, you know, couldn't finish it off. But they were giving the Chiefs everything they could handle. Uh, You know, you look at, you know, your points about the Ravens defense, I think they're going to press us a lot. I think they're going to do the same things, send a lot of blitzes, whether it be, you know, coming in, with exotic blitzes, like guys coming from the slot or whatever, and just really confuse our offensive line. And our offensive line has, I mean, they've had their issues, <laughs> uh, pass protection. Um, you know, Jameis has nowhere to go with the ball. Guy's not getting separation. That was the problem last week. And it's really been the problem the last last couple of weeks because the same thing happened against Carolina. Um, they pretty much shut us down in the second half. And I don't know. We'll see if we do anything different. But, you know, like Jameis – uh, saying he's fighting for, you know, Coach Cutter. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like you keep doing the same things and expecting different results. And it's just, I don't see it happening against this defense. They're third, I believe, in rush defense, fourth in pass defense, or along those lines. Yeah, they're fourth um, against the run, third against the okay. pass. Okay. Ba- I had it backwards. Second but, overall, only allowing 18.5 points a game. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean. But you're, to your credit, you were saying earlier that mm-hmm. the. The Bucks score how many on the road? Yeah, I mean we score average? we score more points on the road. I think it's thirty per game on the road, but then again we give up thirty nine on defense, <laughs> so it's kind of like it just washes that out. Well, um, I mean our defense is playing much better. Everyone true, sees that. Everyone true. has to comment on that. Yeah, and you know our pass rush is doing much much better as well. I think we have thirty five, thirty six sacks, thirty four sacks, mm-hmm. and the Ravens have thirty eight, thirty eight sacks. Eleven of them were in one damn game. Oh, true. So. Against Marcus Mariota, mm. guys, okay? So, oh, hopefully it's not like the one-two. Like, the Winston's going to get sacked 12 times. <laughs> hope, hope to God that doesn't happen. But, I mean, like, it, we're, defensive lines, they're similar. They're, they don't have many defensive line pass rushers. It's more their edge rush linebackers yeah. that are the scary part. And that's why they have, they have three of them that have seven sacks. They have Terrell Suggs. You have yeah. Matt Judo and... Zadarius Smith. That's why I think they're going to give us right? problems because they're the a very edge. they're a very athletic front. They don't really have like they have one big guy and you know Brandon Williams, but but they're very athletic. Like these guys can move um, and and make plays like very good east uh, to west coverage as far as stopping the run that way. And then you know you forget about it going north and south because of what the strength they have inside with Mosley and. Um, Sidarius Smith, like you said, and I mean, all these guys making plays, Matt Judon. Uh, so, and then their secondary is just star filled. I oh, mean, yeah. You got loaded. safeties that can come up in the box and make plays. Eric Weddle and Tony Jefferson. You got Marlon Humphrey on the outside with Brandon Carr. So, these guys are very good man corners. Jimmy uh, Smith is backup or starting? I think he's in the, either in the slot. I'm not sure how they run their, their nickel coverage, but. I mean, they have a load of a lot of guys that can roll in and out and, and make plays. So it's funny they don't have a lot of turnovers, though. I think they only have like maybe ten or eleven turnovers. Yeah, they only have six interceptions. Okay, yeah. So I mean, that's kind of surprising given the fact that their pressure has been for the most part pretty good. Uh, but well, I think their their defense looks like it's built. Like, I mean, you look at Brandon Williams; he's just a big nose tackle that clogs a run. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Brent Urban, who's another massive. He's like six seven, three hundred something. And then the other guys, he's like a big squatty guy again. He's mm-hmm. like three hundred forty pounds. Yeah. So like you have big 
guys in the middle, and then your edge rushers are just flying around the corner. So if you get past the edge rushers, you're funneling to C.J. Mosley, and he's like a sure tackler. Mm-hmm. So they they just they want you to funnel in the middle. I mean, we can't run the ball at all. Right, right. So that already hurts. So mm-hmm. then Winston's going to be forced to pass. And then you look at it the way our offense is built. You know, Winston was talking in his press conference that, oh, I need to get the ball out faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you may need to get the ball out faster, but – if your routes are only 15 yards down the field and you're already getting pressured, what do you expect to happen? And this is the arguments we've been having all year long. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing to ask Winston, oh, why aren't you getting the ball out faster? And then it's another thing of where is that ball supposed to go and how much time does he have to get it there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. I, I don't see us changing up our offense because we are a vertical offense. That's what we're predicated on, uh, getting the ball downfield and making explosive plays. But you look at all the teams that have had success against the Ravens, it's been quick passing teams, guys, that get the ball out quickly, understand how to you know, take advantage of mismatches. And, and that's what the Chiefs were doing. Because if you look at the Chiefs game last week, they didn't have time to make plays down the field. Every time they tried to go down the field, Mahomes was getting hit and like thrown off his back foot. Um, and he was lucky that those passes were incomplete. But it's like... You, you got to be quick and, and do something different, get those guys moving one way and go the other. We didn't we talked about that last week against the Saints, and we did none of that. <laughs> so I wouldn't expect to, to see much change. I mean, we could try to do some max protection and maybe try to win one-on-ones with, you know, Mike Evans or, or Godwin. But it's because yeah, you know Godwin's going to have a better game just because he's pissed off about the last game. Yeah, and some of that wasn't his fault, to be honest, um, huh. last week. Um just based on what he was asked to do. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll have a better game. Uh, I think, you know, Cam Brake could have a good game. You know, all these guys, we're capable of making plays. The, the problem is, is Jameis going to have enough time where he can, you know, yeah. make 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 those plays. Yeah, and here's a, a little clip that was on Buccaneers.com. Scott Smith was interviewing a reporter from the Baltimore Ravens, and he's like, oh, so who do you think is going to win uh, the defensive line front? Like, who's going to get – more sacks. They were talking about how we have like three with six sacks. They have three with seven. So who's going to win that that battle? And check out what he says here. It pretty much reinforces what we've been saying. The teams that have struck, given the Ravens fits from a pass rushing standpoint are teams and quarterbacks to get rid of the ball quickly, sort of that quick strike offense. I don't necessarily think that that is no. the way that Jameis plays. Um, and so that would, I think, give the advantage to the Ravens in that regard. So even Scott Smith, you heard him in the background. No, <laughs> but it's tr- it's true though. It's not like it's just Jameis's fault though. It's not his fault. He's not getting it out fast. Mm-hmm. So what he's being asked to do, like when he does an RPO, the ball's out extremely fast because he's being told get it, read one, go. Mm-hmm. But then when you're making the plays, oh, do 15 yard post or do a double move. Mm-hmm. But when our O line can't prevent the pass rush from getting in, I mean, what do you expect him to do besides get out too fast? Yeah. And when Beninock's getting beat first move or being immediately pushed into the pocket, like everything's thrown off. And especially when you have a long developing route and Cutter says it himself and we say it every week. I mean, you wish you can see some quick passes and Mm -hmm. just dump offs. Yeah. Make it a game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They've shown they can do it at times. Yeah. Like when they're down, like when we're down against the giants, we're doing all these quick little quick passes or we start games like we did against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. Quick pass, quick pass. But then they get back to their old yeah. offense of oh let's just let's wait let's wait for it. <laughs> it's almost like they they're using something that's working, and then they like, 
oh no, let's go back to the old, old reliable, which isn't really reliable. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be something that's going to have to change, uh, on Sunday. I mean, we're going to have to divide, um, devise, I, I should say some plays that can get the ball out quickly, whether it be screen game or, um, you know, drag routes, slants, anything of that nature, curl routes, uh, you got to do something different to uh, get Jameis in rhythm, first of all, get him in rhythm, get him going, but, you know, quicken that decision-making for him and make it easy for, you know, make it easier on these guys. But I don't... Um, one more comment about their their defense, though. It's how you were showing it all on Twitter. Like, mm-hmm. they're so, they do such weird things. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, I was like, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. And. Like they'd move one whole side all the way in, so we haven't seen anything like that. Right. Yeah. Like I guarantee Kansas City hadn't seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. So imagine Ben and Ock getting lost again. <laughs> yeah. That's what's been the reoccurring theme. Yeah, Ben and Ock is is going to be an issue. Apparently, uh, Dirk Cutter said that Alex Kappa is going to play more in this game. So I don't know if that's good or bad because of what you know Baltimore does on defense as far as their exotic looks and their ability to you know, bring pressure from any direction. And then they, they back that up with solid coverage. So it's it's going to be a battle. I mean, uh, it's going to be an uphill climb for this offense to, to put up points like they have in the past. And that's one of the reasons I don't think, you know, the Bucks have a good chance tomorrow. I think it's going to be, you know, tough sledding to put up points. And then I think defensively, our defense might play well, but – it's uh it's gonna be tough to uh you know match match that point production that we're gonna need and I think defensively we're gonna get tired. And, you know, this is gonna probably be similar to the Saints game. Yeah, well let's talk about our defense versus their offense. Mm-hmm. I mean looking at Baltimore first, their offense is twelfth overall. They score twenty four point seven points a game. That's not that that great. Mm-hmm. Um eighteenth passing and fourth running. I mean a lot of that's pretty much what they want to do. They want to tire you out. Mm-hmm. And there was a story on profootballtalk.com about how they run twice as many times as they pass now. Like, uh, what was the numbers? I think it was, uh-huh, here we go. So, Lamar Jackson's ran it, or the team has run it 185 times, most in the four-game span that Lamar Jackson's been starting, and they've only passed 96, which is, again, mm-hmm. the least amount of times in the NFL in that span. So. Right. They're playing to their quarterback's best traits. Mm-hmm. He's a good runner right now. He can't pass that well. I mean, he's still wet behind the ears. He's a rookie. Yeah. So use what he has best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we did that and got Winston on the move a little bit more. Yeah. But that's coaching. <laughs> uh, and Lamar Jackson, with only starting four games, is already third, like I said earlier, in QB rushes with 471 yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're <sighs> – it's it's pretty much I would see it as them just like you said draining us down. Mm-hmm. Run it, run it. I mean they have the Gus Edwards guy that's a big bruiser in the middle. Yep. It's like Tolbert from back in the day, and then you have Lamar Jackson that can just burn it outside. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you they... got the best of both worlds, and then if if they do a play action fake or a read option, they have like three tight ends that are really good. Yeah. Not to mention Crabtree, Willie Sneed. Like they have other targets, so it's not like they're they're weak anywhere, mm-hmm. and they're using their guys correctly. And that's what 
I don't want it to look like the Panthers when we're in Carolina. All right. Well, I mean, they're very multiple. It's a rookie quarterback again. So uh, JPP loves rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> so I'm hoping it's competitive. Even though it's on the run or on the run on uh, on the road. The road. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> These R words. But still, I mean, I I don't like what it is. But still, to me, rookie quarterback, you can take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, they do a lot of simple stuff on offense. Baltimore does. I think defensively, the key for us is going to be containment, keeping Lamar Jackson inside the pocket, and trying to you know stop their running game somehow. You're going to have to tackle well. Uh, you know, when you miss tackles, they can make big plays because of what they're doing as far as getting guys into open space, and they're usually left. You know, they usually create one on ones as far as defender versus offensive player and if they can make you miss then that usually leads to uh, a nice size game um but as far as their passing attack what i saw little of of the tape that i watched is what they do is they do a lot of max protection uh for lamar and they're going to give him time to you know go through his reads and usually they only send about two or three guys in routes for most of the most of the time and Lamar, you know, is a pretty accurate quarterback when he has time and he knows where to go with the football. Now, when he gets in trouble is when you can get him into, you know, third and long situations, most like most quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be the key for us tomorrow is getting them in third and five plus and make Lamar make some tough decisions as far as passing the football and really collapse the pocket. We're going to have to collapse it and make sure we keep him inside uh, because he will look to escape and run around. That'll be always his first, you know, intention. And I, I saw a play. I think they ran, they rolled him out. He made one guy miss, and then he threw like a forty-yard pass on a line to <laughs> to his guy. His guy could have made the play, but the Chiefs um, defender knocked it down. I mean, it was a frozen rope. It could have been six. Um, so the guy has athletic ability, and then also the arm strength is outstanding. I mean, he has everything. He's almost like. Vic, he has every speed and, Mm -hmm. like, athletic trait you want in the mold of a quarterback and football player. It's mental. mental. Mental That's what it was with Vic, too. Yeah. I mean, look at his numbers. Numbers isn't that good. He's 58% completion percentage, 687, four touchdowns, three interceptions, only a 79.9 QB rating. So he's not... He's not burning up the, (laughs) the the world with his stats right now. It's just the way he can run the ball. And that's the first, second, third option you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. And like you said, get him on long passing uh, downs. Yep. Vita Vea, McCoy, stump up the holes. JPP and Nassib, make sure that they don't get outside. Mm-hmm. So this is the most like obvious one. Contain the run first. Yeah. <laughs> you want him to be – if he's going to beat you with, your, with his arm, let him do it. Yeah. Because you'd rather not give up the run because that's what they want to do. So stop that first. Well, we got the men that are big enough to do it, and David is playing like he really wants to damn play. I mean, he, and he is really good at filling gaps. So it's it can't be competitive because of this if we actually do stop the run, mm-hmm. which would be a hard task. But And like Winston said, they're playing for coach's job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it will be a good game. I'm sure it will be close. Um, the only thing that really, you know, takes me aback from picking the Bucks outright is our offense. I mean, I think that's where it's going to come down to. I think if we can score points 
And if you can somehow, you know, that'll be the key, getting a lead on this team. If you can find a way yeah. to get the lead, you know, maybe double-digit lead, then you really force the Ravens out of what they like to do, which is running the football. Um, but I just don't know for offense, you know, especially after what I saw last week. And I think we're going to see much of the same because, like we said, this is a good coaching staff on the Ravens, and they're going to understand that we have an offensive line that is a weakness, especially number 77. And they're going to find a way to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, I I can honestly see if if we cause a turnover early, and that's another thing with that Baltimore Ravens. Uh, mm-hmm. What what would you call him? Like just media guy. He was saying mm-hmm. that yeah, they don't get turnovers, but the thing is, if we do get turnovers, right. it's going to be hard for them to do anything they want to do. Right. So if we get an early lead, yeah, it, we could see us win this game and mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. Even though they have a good defense, I mean, and we can't run the ball. Right. Well, I mean, that that would be the thing. If we start out hot, okay, there's a chance. But I think if we start out slow, this is all going in the Ravens' favor. Right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Like it's it's like one way or the other. I think if we get off to a good start, I think we have a really good chance of winning. Um, if we start off slow and the offense takes its time to get going, not until like the second half, then this could turn into you know a double digit win for the Ravens. I just I think that's how I see it. Um, Plus, we don't know what our defense is going to be because they haven't shown up on the road. So this will be a big test for them. Can they carry that home defense on the road now and make it travel? Because so far, you know, they just haven't shown that. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, we pretty much summed it all up right there. Yeah. But there were actually questions. I wanted to always ask questions before we do the podcast. So let's go on to the questions now. Okay. Because pretty much Bucks. They are who they are on offense. Defense, it's coming up, but like you said, can they show up on on the road? Mm-hmm. That R word again. Yeah. All right, so here's the first question. So it's from Mr. Bucks Nation, or at money something. It's too long. It didn't fit. Money James Hill. There you go. Uh, he's like, I got one. Have you guys gone over Kappa's and Ronald Jones' lack of playing time yet? Want to go on that first? Yeah, you know, Ronald Jones – I don't know what they're doing. I would like to see him more out there, obviously, if he's healthy. And um, But the thing is, like, he's just not a complete back. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the same thing with Peyton Barber. You know, he's had a couple drops in the passing game. But you would like to see Ronald Jones out there. I know he's more explosive than Rodgers, but Rodgers is one of your most valuable as far as third down right now, as far as pass protection, um, catching the football. So, yeah, you would like to see Ronald Jones more. And, again, this goes back to coaching. I don't think they they really know how to use him. And that's goes with a lot of our players that don't really know how to use him properly. <laughs> um, and then as far as Kappa, I think Kappa is just way too raw. I think, you know, Division three guy. Um, yeah, I would like to see him get in there because, I mean, anybody can be better than Ben and Ock right now. I mean, it has to be. can't be any worse. Um, I think if Kappa's in there, you know, he might do the same things that Beninok does, and that's still good learning experience for him. You know, I agree with that. I, th- I think the Beninok stuff is kind of getting in his head now too, because right. he's playing like standing up now. It's not even like staying low. Mm-hmm. He's not finishing plays. I think it's getting in his head a lot. Right. I, I was the one saying like, no, Capo was getting beat a lot. Like, he was getting beaten preseason by fifth stringers, so yeah. it'd be bad either way. I mean, he hasn't shown great plays at all right but like you said yeah it wouldn't hurt to see him now more often mm-hmm. and it looks like he's getting more time uh ronald jones i agree with you like if cutter really is playing for his job 
Do you think he wants to have a rookie learning? I guarantee right. the, the, the Glazers want to see what the hell they have, but mm-hmm. and Jason Light wants to see, but Cutter wants his job, so you have a reliable guy that he knows and trusts in right. Quiz mm-hmm. out there blocking and catching the ball, who he trusts in catching the ball too. Mm-hmm. He's like a prototypical scat back or right. third down back. So Ronald Jones, just he's just one cut go. He's not really – he hasn't shown he can – consistently catch the ball mm-hmm. same with Peyton Barter so I understand that and the fact of picking up blitzes and everything but I mean yeah we as fans want to see it but I guarantee Cutter's like no I just want to win a damn game yeah, yeah. and then cap up I agree same thing like he's getting more because Ben Knox doing that damn bad mm-hmm. um, let's see Lorenzo Crisafu one yes it hasn't been mentioned yet you could discuss some of the O-line issues, okay, protecting Winston, and where there should be a big of an issue against Baltimore as if, as it was for New Orleans. I would be pretty surprised if the Bucks re-signed Alvin Smith. Yeah, I mean, we kind of mentioned that earlier about mm-hmm. the Bucks O-line, the edges. I mean, that's where they're strongest, the Ravens yep. on the outside. So, Donovan Smith again, ouch. <laughs> but you made a good point about Donovan Smith's knee, like, from earlier in the, in the year. Like, mm-hmm. may, could that be it? It may be an excuse, but yeah. damn. And he, he is getting beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's going to go up against Terrell Suggs. Like, shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's a proven veteran that knows how to rush around the edge. Uh, and then Dotson. Mm. Yeah, Dotson. Uh, he's helping for Beninac, Beninac too. So, yep. yeah, the, the offensive line has her woes. And Jensen knows him. He's from Baltimore. So, Ah, I, I don't see us doing well against them. <laughs> I don't. I don't see. I see if if we get the ball out faster, like Winston was saying. Yeah, it's possible. But if we do any of the same crap of throwing the ball deep and mm-hmm. hoping, yeah, the line's going to block. It's it's not going to look well. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to like change the the launch point. You know, get Jameis on the move, do stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a tough day for Jameis. I feel. I think offensive line just. You know the way that the matchup works out against Baltimore, they're gonna have they're gonna have some success because of the athleticism. Uh, Terrell Suggs is a veteran; he knows how to beat Donovan Smith. Uh, same thing with Dotson. I think Dotson will do okay. He'll probably be more singled up. I think they're gonna have to help Donovan Smith on the left side and and try to you know max protect or whatever you know you have to do. Probably keep Claire in as a blocker or keep uh, you know one of your running backs in chip. They're going to have to chip a lot because that Ravens front four is going to be coming. <laughs> yeah. And then, so this is OP8699. Does Donovan get franchised, as in Donovan Smith? What do you do with him and any good guards going to free agency yet? Mm. You can get started on that first. Yeah, Donovan, I think that will probably be their top option is to franchise him maybe for one more year and see what he has under a new staff you know Andre, top five left tackle money though i don't think he's worth it but i think that might be your best option and you know unless you have depending on your draft status and your um if you'll be able to get a, like a jonah williams or you know someone like that but you know free agency there's usually not good left tackles available um and he would probably be the best free agent left tackle um out there um, as far as the guards, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you might be able to find a veteran guard that could come in and, and be serviceable. But usually you find your O-line in the draft. I mean, this team is going to have to invest premium picks on the offensive line again and uh, be better this time. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, my only thing with Donovan Smith was I, I, I was one that would say move him inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's showing he can't do good against the, the speed rushers, so yeah. move him inside. He's a massive body. Right. I mean, I, that would be my suggestion. Like the big guy from the Cardinals. What was his name? Uh, Leonard Davis. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the Dallas Cowboys moved him over to guard, and he turned into like an all-pro. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was left or right guard, but he was yep. way better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like re-established his whole career inside because yeah. yeah. he didn't get beat. Same with uh, Robert Gallery. Right. Like yeah. just mm-hmm. That would be my first suggestion. I mean, if you don't want to get rid of him, hopefully he takes a smaller cut. I, w- I honestly wouldn't franchise tag him. Yeah, true. Because left tackle monkey money is ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then as far as looking forward to the free agency, I haven't looked at all. Like I, I'm looking more at the draft than free agency, even though the free agency comes first. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll wait for the end of the season for that. Yep. And then one more. This is Cody underscore SCN. Can't wait for the podcast, fellas. I love it. We love you listening. <laughs> but can you guys time travel two and a half weeks into the future and confirm Dirk Cutter's firing on New Year's Eve? It would make the holidays even better. <laughs> God, I wish I could do that. And then he, he put a gif in there. He said, by the way, I thought this gif was funny to me for some reason. It's like a damn wrestler. Oh, is this? Oh, I forgot the name of the guy, but he's torturing through presents and Christmas trees. It's pretty funny. If y'all, if y'all want to see it, it's on, it's on Twitter. But uh, I wish, I wish we could. And that would be a funny, cool thing to do. But I already think it's, it's, it's proven. Isn't it? Is it to you? Is it proven that Cutter's gone? Or do oh, you yeah. think it? Yeah, I mean, we've been saying it, what, since week four. He should be gone. I mean, I think, I don't see him coming back. I mean, it. Again, deep breath. Yeah, the the Glazers are the Glazers, and they have they do make mistakes as they as they've shown, you know, so far. I mean, but I just I don't think you you bring this guy back. I mean, it's just too many mistakes after mistakes, not being able to change, um, keeping guys in there that don't deserve to play. Yeah, I mean it's it's not good. I mean you gotta you gotta move on. But, yeah, I wish I could go into the future and just fast-forward this season because pretty much there's really nothing to play for. Yeah, you could win out. You're not going to make the playoffs, guys. We're just – it's, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, we're not going to make it at 8-8, eight and eight, and we're not going to win out. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's he should be gone. I and mean, the way he's talking, too, it sounds like he already knows he's gone. Yeah, and then, I mean, even listening to Winston's press conference, he mm-hmm. just seems – drained yeah like his face is like yeah we're fighting for him i mean i guarantee they're all giving effort no one looks like they've given up yeah they want to play hard i mean you go out there you're paid to do a job and you know there's no reason to not give full effort i mean that's what you're paid to you're paid to play 16 games and if you're lucky enough you go on and play 20 but um yeah and there's oh actually one last one this is at chef chef aaron 26 he's always around chef 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 yeah, and this is pretty much all stuff we kind of agree with. It's, do you believe this coaching staff is a lot of nepotism? Dirk has no problem benching Jameis for Fitzpatrick, but will not bench Smith and Beninock when they clearly have not played well. I hear Warhop is related to Beninock. I don't know about that one. <laughs> also, Dirk chooses his guy quiz over Rojo every time. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. Yeah, yeah. 
and that's that just points to signs of him being fired. I mean, it's it's slow to change, not being able to adapt your offense to fit your players' strengths, um, running your agenda, um, you know, poor in-game management, poor decision-making as far as the quarterback situation. Uh, it's just not good. A lot of ba- a lot of bad things. Not knowing um, defense as far as it's just he's not a head coach. He's a play caller, uh, a good one at that. But again, you have to be a head coach. I mean, you have to know that your defense has a big issue, and for you to wait, you know, till after the bye week to make a change, you know, that just that's that's not that's not good. It's bad. And if we made a change earlier, like maybe the off season. And fired Mike Smith earlier, this team might be in a different spot where you maybe you are seven and six or something along those lines, or you know fighting for a playoff spot. Actually, yeah, yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. <laughs> what can you say? Yeah, I, like a lot of the games earlier were very close games, even though we came back in a lot of them. Right, they're still close. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get a little bit more interceptions or yeah. cause more turnovers or just hold teams to less or one or run a game plan that is practiced, you know, stuff like that. Or <laughs> <laughs> guys are like, what the hell is he talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, that shouldn't happen. Right. And then, and that, that's just defensive. That points to the lack of awareness by Dirk Cutter. He's not aware of things going around him as far as what's happening on defense, what's happening on special teams. I don't think he even knows sometimes the offense and that, that's the problem. I mean, if you're a head coach, you have to know everything. You talk about details. You talk about, you know, communication, all those things. All those things have to be um, one thing. It has to be all on the same page. And this team is far too many times on the wrong page, and that's why we're 5-8 and eight and probably heading towards a 6-10 and 10 season. Yeah, I mean, I hope 5-11. No, I'll <laughs> shut up. It might be. But, I mean, and then and then the other thing is him taking over play calling for one game and then going back. That's so another thing. It's just yeah. so many things just, just this year. Yeah. Not just not to mention the past three. Just this year he's right. done. And it's like, what? <laughs> Why? What? Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, and you can go to the past three years and it all plays a pattern. And we're seeing the same pattern every year. And that's another thing why he should be fired because you just can't dig yourselves in holes like he has and expect to make a run at the end and, and find a way to the playoffs. It's just it's just not going to work. Yeah, I agree, and I, I'm glad most of uh, the fans of Real Bucks Talk actually see it too, and it's not just us mm-hmm. harping it a million times. They actually come up with their own opinions and yeah. conclusions and asking why too. I mean, that's what I want there to be in this show and like with this podcast and everything, like looking into it. It's not just saying someone's shitty, like I've always said. It's... Mm-hmm. What, well, what are they being asked to do? Yeah, it's about finding the why. Yeah. You, know? you should ask why, especially if something's doing this shitty. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's our take. I mean, there's always everyone's take, but I feel like it's genuine in ours. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Cutter, you had three years to prove it, and it's been subpar, <laughs> for a better way of saying it. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And I think uh, for Monday's show, we're going to get back into, you know, the coaching candidates. Uh, probably go over the Chris Richard um, because he's been the the hot topic. The or is it Richard? Uh, that's a good point. I don't know. I'm just going to call him Chris Richard. We'll uh, look it up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look it up and lock it up. But yeah, we'll we'll look into him more. Um, so we'll have that for Monday and obviously the aftermath of tomorrow's game. <laughs> aftermath. <laughs> yeah, you know the results. We'll we'll talk about it. Um, 
But yeah, with that being said, I think that's going to do it. And hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at RealBuckStock. Follow this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. And everyone have a great weekend, and go Bucks.